Maya, you will never achieve it. There is absolutely no point. But you practice, you practice. Do it, do it. I wanted six nine without the kashi. <laughs> you can't do it. She goes high pitch. It's high pitch, Maya. I wanted six nine without the kashi. <laughs> Just not. I wanted six nine without the kashi. <laughs> Stop it. Cut it. Cut it all out. Who did you think you are? Who did you think you, you, you thought you could pull off a doja cat? I have listened to this song like a hundred times. And still, it entertains me so much. And still, I can't do it. Like, how does she go? The kashi. <laughs> you go into a whisper. She goes into a high pitch. That's the point. Well, hi. This is a podcast, luckily for you. Uh, it's not a song. <laughs> Although I might name it after the song because we have reached 69 episodes. How did that happen? And of course, when you reach 34, 35, it has to be a celebration. It has to be a wild, completely different episode to anything that you have had. So today, instead of one case, I thought, why not cover four? I didn't think that going into this. I have literally looked for like anything. Hollywood murders, because, you know, they're mm, 69 sexual. I have typed in 69 crime. Then Takashi just popped up. and I was like, no, we said without Takashi. Come on, Doja Cat said it herself. I popped up like BDSM crimes, but then I covered one last week. And usually they include like dungeons and there's nothing like hot and sexy about it. And then I was like, wait, what about heists? (laughs) Did anybody ever steal sex toys. And that led to three different stories, may I add, and also to two different stories about hacking of sex toys that I have never even thought about. And now I have another fear. And I have somehow combined those stories for you for this episode. So it's very 69 orientated. It's very sexual. But also, it's kind of like a discussion episode. But I would like to know your opinions, because there's not too much information on the stories. And, well, the heists have never been sold, which, again, you're like, okay, so what does that tell us about the society and how we treat sex toys heists? And also, when it comes to hacking, well, do you know that your sex toy, your vibrator might be hackable? Do you know how or why? And do you speak about, do you see a bigger picture. That's really what this episode is going to be about. So if you have any opinions later, aftermath, after you listen to the whole of it, answer my questions. You know, let's start a discussion either through email podbam at gmail.com or through Twitter and Instagram, that bampod. But now let's proceed with the expression of the day and then the cases slash the story of the episode. I want that six one without the kashi. Drop it, drop it. It's just, it's time. I am laughing at the potential titles of this episode that are taken from tabloids, because mostly only tabloids cover this story, which is another problem. One of the potential titles was Butt Plug Burglary, which doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? Also, it's better if I just call it 3435. The expression of the day is face the music, which just means accept the consequences of your actions. But did you know? Did you know where it came from? There are actually two theories that are a bit broad, but either the theory is that in the second half of the 1800s, performers on stage would face first the orchestra. So there was like orchestra before the actual audience. So you know, when they come out, they first face the music. So they're facing the consequences of their actions, which is like their job. 
or you know when they bow in the end again they first are facing the music so in that first area if we are thinking about music it can be that but people have also said it could relate to the old practice in the UK which was called west gallery singing and this was singing that was done from the west galleries in english churches by common peasants who weren't allowed to sit with the people from the gentry with like the higher status the theory was that nobility or like these people of higher status were actually obliged to listen to just like common people singing and usually those songs would be very critical of the ways of people with higher status so i don't know how did that work out for people but hey i guess i you know you know i love these situations you know i love revenge <laughs> you know i love any like fuck you moments and this is a fuck you moment and this is why this might be one of my favorite expressions or Face the music might come from a completely different area, and that is military. Because soldiers used to be dishonorably discharged with band music. So, like, anybody dishonorably discharged, like, anybody disgraced, would be kind of drummed out of their own base, which is, like, (laughs) kind of like Game of Thrones with, like, shame, shame, shame. God, she looked good naked, I'm not gonna lie. Wow, okay. (sighs) Hey, there's never been a more appropriate moment than an episode 69 to share how I got into Game of Thrones. You know that first scene within like 10 minutes of the first episode, like I think it was the rape scene with um, Daenerys? I was like, okay, I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck? It's like such a violent scene. I was like, okay, I think this show is for me. There's so much violence and sex 10 minutes in. This might be a show for me. And then how disappointed were we all in the end? Truly, that last season was a joke. I was like, was the acting this bad? Was it always this unbelievable as like a period, the drama or whatever? Anyways, face the music. So it can be military. (laughs) And in military as well, they say it can be this dishonorable discharge. But also facing the music might have started as a reference to soldiers going to battle and facing the music of the guns of the opposing army. Which one do you believe? Which one do you believe more? Well, whichever you do, you know who needs to face the music? The perpetrators in the stories of the day. Let's dive into the motherfucker. 30 for 35! All of the stories of the day happened in 2017. That's mostly why I chose to tell you all about them. Because what the hell was going on in 2017? Was there something like some sexual powder in the air? What? Where were you? What were you doing? I was in my first year of marriage. So hey, maybe there was some sexual powder in my air. But I had no idea that all of these stories happened that exact year. I put it appears that this was a year of true sexual awakening all over the world. Today, we'll cover not one, but four events that happened throughout 2017 that have to do with sex toys. And these might just show us a bigger picture of how we see sex industry and crime. The year is 2017. Trump has just promised to make America great again. Brexit was finalized. In the world of true crime, Manchester terror attack and Las Vegas massacre shattered lives. This being the highlight in the news, no one noticed two of the largest sex toy heists happened in two different countries. The news of hackers being able to hack a sex toy were swiped under the rug. So in the words of Taylor Swift's 2017 hit, look what you made me do, let us dig into the world of underrepresented crimes. Get it together? 
I forgot I put that Taylor Swift thing there. Okay. Oh, moving on. In May 2017, 30,000 condoms and 10,000 worth of sex toys were stolen from a Las Vegas warehouse. That October, 60,000 worth of sex toys were stolen from a trade fair in Berlin. None of these burglaries have been sold, and in between these two heists, two data breaches expose the truth of the ease of hacking our sex toys remotely. What were their motives? Please give me new ideas what to do during the intro music. I just, I need it. Now that this is visual, I need it. I need to entertain you. You know, at least in my head, that's what I think. Okay, cool. So everything, everything in this story, this year, 2017, started on May the 26th. According to Lilo, the company that has been robbed, two robberies occurred during the Memorial Weekend in Las Vegas warehouse, where they store the goods. The first robbery occurred on Friday, May the 26th, around 7.45pm, during which time there is a security footage showing two people entering the warehouse through the back gate before leaving again with two boxes containing over 15,000 condoms each. Only a few minutes later, on that same night, one of the two men is shown on the camera, but you can't really see his face, and he's just going in for a couple of more of 36 packs of condoms, like something that wasn't in that box, but was just on the side, before going into the truck and getting away from the scene. The following day, the cameras caught the car again, and as you can see in this video, they kind of like block, you know, the garage door, like, or the warehouse door halfway, and then they open up the trunk and just pack up, like, even more boxes of sex toys this time, because those were stored in the same warehouse. These boxes, on this occasion, had 33 prostate massagers and 48 Kegel exercising aids. And in both cases, the Las Vegas police arrived only after the thieves have left. So it would literally be like a couple of minutes in just storing whatever they could see. And then the guy would go into the passenger seat and the driver would just drive away. They always had their faces covered, like with the hoods or the caps. And to this day, these two heists just remain unsolved. So after the memorial weekend, when they actually checked all the security, reported it to the police, and the police was kind of like at least a day behind, Lila Warehouse, hey, at least the Swedes, well, actually, from what I've checked, because just by looking at their last names, actually, there are like some Serbs involved in the chief officer's board of, of Lilo company, so... Hey guys, if you're listening, they had like a Charlie Sheen do a press conference for them for like safe sex because I think Charlie Sheen had their SCI. So these two like brothers from my ends had like a press conference with Charlie Sheen. I don't know how that worked out for them because they're like different controversial articles on that topic. But after the Memorial Weekend, there was this press release with a headline, you can question our security, but you can't argue with our protection. 
But then they also had to estimate the loss that this made to the company. And that was a bit less funny because they lost close to 30,000 condoms. So even if that was only $1 each, that's more than 30k. And dozens of these sex toys that were valued at around $200 each. So at best they lost between 30 and 40k during these two heists. So that wasn't like a small deal for the company. But this comeback that they have posted on their social media just shows you that this company is run by people from my ends. I choked when I read this first. I was like, this is, I just love it. The professionalism is there. Quote, one hopes that they stole those condoms, got into a time machine, went back 18 to 25 years by the looks of it, and presented them all to their own fathers. I was like, damn, damn, that's a bird, that's a bird, yeah. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) It's like, who the fuck approved of that? Like, just imagine that room full of people and somebody was like, yeah, no, that is it. That is what we are posting on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That is our response. And in the press release in the aftermath, they also said they actually planned to give a giveaway of condoms. But after the heist, they kind of had to move that schedule of the giveaway to show that the criminals didn't win in this case. Also, Lilo's US president at the time, Pavle Sedic, in a more serious note, said we could have done a sponsorship or something. A freaking invite might have been nice. That's that Serbian sense of humor. That's what we we'll promise you. And some of us have a podcast to show you that exact execution of the Serbian sense of humor. The news reports about the burglary have given the company some extra attention. So the bottom line is that they have had some gain in profits due to that. But this is where the trail really goes cold. Because for a couple of days, everybody spoke about it, but then the police didn't get any inside information, couldn't track down the car, couldn't see the license plate numbers and track those guys down. They didn't show up their faces for the sketches to be made, for them to be identified. So this is really where it died down and it hasn't been solved since. As this is happening in the US, there is an awareness shed on this topic from a different angle. Because in March 2017, just a few months before this heist, a sex toy company, WeVibe, found themselves facing litigation over their use of customer data. Their sex toys production company called Standard Innovation had to agree to pay out close to 3 million as part of the settlement agreement with certain customers. There was a multi-million dollar pot that was set out for certain customers who downloaded the control app WeConnect and used their toy to be paid for up to $10,000 each. Under this settlement, the company also had to agree to stop using personal user information and email addresses from the users and their devices and to destroy any related data that they have collected to date. And Standard Innovation also had to agree under law that they are going to inform users from now on if they're using any data or they're collecting anything in the future and that they're going to allow them to opt out. It's pretty crucial. It's 2017. Let's, Let's get on it. So what happened? Why did they have to pay out certain customers? Why did they fuck up? 
So WeVibe introduced this WeVibe 4 Plus, which was a 90 pounds Bluetooth connected vibrator, and you can control it through an app. There's plenty of companies here in the UK that do this. I know like Mystery Vibe, not surely Furly does it, or is there just an app? But yeah, Mr. Vibe like definitely does that. There's probably plenty more. So you have an app, you just connect it to Bluetooth. The Bluetooth connects to the vibrator in your vicinity and you're out, you're playing, it's great. And their marketing around it was to allow couples to keep their flame ignited together or apart. Which is great if you're in a long-distance relationship and somebody can control this remotely. I don't know how that would work, I think it would need to go through VPN, probably. But if you think about it on the surface, it is great because everybody wins. Except then you dig down and you're like... But is it too easy the way we can just connect to a sex toy? Like, there's no, like, passwords, no nothing. It's kind of like the way I connect my wireless headphones. And it's like, okay, well, this is great until somebody else manages to connect to them and then they play, like, freaking Metallica or some shit. (laughs) Instead of Taylor Swift, look what you made me do. But this app in particular had number of security and privacy vulnerabilities. And in the end, customers complained that the vibrator was barely secured, allowing anybody within Bluetooth range to just take control of the device. And not just that, but let's say you have it on you. You're like traveling, you're in a hotel, you just want to get like hinky while at a dinner with your spouse. In any of these situations, an attacker could just identify the device and then use the signal strength to check, like, you know, are they sort of hot and cold, you know, that game of hot and cold, and gradually can get closer to you, meaning they can actually connect to you now and can control what that device does to you. As if this wasn't enough, all of the customer data was, of course, collected and sent back to production company, the Standard Innovation, letting them know about the temperature of the device, the intensity of the vibrations. Because what you don't think about it, especially if you have one of those like sex toys with like cameras on it, I would just advise don't, just say don't. Because those devices, like they know everything. They know ins and outs of you. I don't know how else to say. They know everything from the temperature to the intensity to your preferences. And then if that information is sent to like a third party, well, at least you should definitely know about it and be able to, like, antique that freaking box. So customers were righteously so pissed because all of their intimate private information about their sexual habits was just sent to the third party. And they themselves have noticed what I was just speaking about, about the device knowing everything about you, which would make it a lot easier for anybody hacking into it. It's not even a hack. It's just connecting their Bluetooth to your device which allows them to potentially sexually assault you. So, in practice, on the surface, this is great. At least 4 million settlement has been set out and the customers have been paid $10,000 for somebody using their information beforehand, but now they are supposed to delete it. But if you look at the bigger picture and the bigger issue here, this particular case shows just how easy these hacks are and how legally... It is yet to be determined how we are to deal with those, because these are the cases of strangers engaging in non-consensual play and should definitely be registered as the violation, because sexual assault doesn't even require penetration. 
It's only the sexual contact or behavior that occurs without the consent of the recipient, by definition. So what hasn't been done here is that nobody actually looked into all of these breaches of privacy and which customers have been affected now that they had that data to pull out who would be the perps, like who are the people that have connected to these devices. And just even thinking about it, I'm not even sure how they would do that, like in terms of the proximity, in terms of like which device connected to it, can they even pull like that information, like IP addresses or just like, I don't know, cell tower pings or different phone numbers like that, that have connected to that. So that's something that just hasn't been looked into and was just kind of like swiped under the rug in this case. And the attorney from California looking into this case, Michael Fatorossi, said with his expertise around adult law, that he agrees that there is a need for the new laws to cover such a crime. He said there is a lack of current legislation to deal with online sexual issues, whether it be rape, revenge porn, or sexual assault. The issue will continue to exist until more legislators around the U.S. wake up and understand current technology, end quote. According to this newspaper, the Tribune, roughly 300,000 customers bought WeVibe devices and they were covered by the settlement and around 100,000 of them downloaded and used the company's corresponding app that could be hacked or just connected to Bluetooth. And I can tell you as somebody who worked in customer service and has actually dealt with account deletions in companies, you submitting data requests or account deletions, nobody knows what to do. Like they're just like, okay, let's do this in the quickest possible way so that it doesn't backfire at us. So when you look at this, it's like, okay, cool. It's going to hurt our pocket, but that person paid, what, $200 for a sex toy? We're going to give them up to 10000 That's going to sort of shut them up, and we're going to say, you know, from now on, the tick boxes are going to be included, and we're going to delete all of your previous data that we have conducted, but we're not looking at the bigger issue here, as if to who could have already perpetrated 300,000 of these customers while they have been using the app and the sex toy in the past couple of years. Another expose of just how easy it is to hack a sex toy came only a few months after this suit, in August 2017. So this privacy researcher, Sarah Jamie Lewis, was just sitting around on her social media and she was also connected to Tor Network. If you remember, we spoke about Tor when we spoke about Vesa Mafia. So it's this private browser, but people kind of do use it for shady things most of the time because, again, you can't... It's kind of like incognito mode, you know, it doesn't get saved in, like, your history or whatever. So she realized that her vibrator just like started shaking on the desk and five people who followed her on Twitter managed to connect to her sex toy through the Tor network. Just how fucking scary it is. It's like nobody even in the proximity. You're just sitting and your sex toy just starts vibrating and you're like, okay, this this ain't safe. This This ain't normal. This could have been inside of me, technically. She said after connecting, people were able to issue commands to her vibrator and cause it to vibrate and also just switch on and off. They were also able to read her battery indicator, so they knew that it was on. Just, again, how freaking scary that somebody can just actually know how much battery your vibrator has and how much longer 
they have if they are actually sexually assaulting you. So Sarah went on to publish this article for the motherboard to actually show both the vulnerabilities and how people were doing this because she eventually did find out and to technically reverse engineer it herself, but also she shared like some feedback about how can we make these devices as safe as possible to prevent this from happening. Sarah reverse engineered her sex toy, which was also from the company WeWipe, so not the safest one out there if you're going for like a company to buy a sex toy, so that she could communicate with it over her Bluetooth. And she realized it was as easy as contacting a messaging program called Ricochet that creates the hidden service on Tor for each user. This again removes your metadata, removes your information of who you are and makes it harder for anybody to find out who is snooping around, who is trying to communicate technically to your sex toy. This plus the connection with Bluetooth would allow just anybody who would know the Dildo's Ricochet address to send commands. And you might be thinking, okay, but these commands might be some elaborate code. Nope, it's stuff like forward slash max if you want the vibrator to do its thing. So Louis, after reverse engineering this, she uploaded the code to GitHub so others can try and experiment. And in the end, like once you're actually in it, it kind of actually looks like just iMessage, just like WhatsApp. It looks like somebody is just sending forward Mac. And if the vibrator receives the message, it just kind of sends like an action as a response to it, as if like what it's doing. It's that easy. It's so freaking bizarre. It's like when you use those chatbots, like if you're chatting with Amazon or Google, but you are communicating with a sex toy. In terms of how to protect yourself, she said like for people to do check out her code for like possibility to generate new ricochet identities for one-time sessions. So if you are planning to use it remotely with a partner or just like in public to check actually how you can protect yourself by using these private messaging boards to control the device and tour itself. And this is quite like incognito mode, to be honest. It is used in order for you not to provide any long-term public identifiers so that nobody can collect data and nobody can, like, snake themselves into it and actually breach it while you're just trying to have fun. When you're using these boards, all connections and messages are encrypted from end-to-end. And what this means is that there's no service providers that are in a position to spy or to just record anything that's happening on the device between two people. When it comes to further protection, though, I checked this article by Daniel Markison, who is a digital privacy expert at NordVPN. And he says, as soon as you unbox this smart sex toy, you should change the default factory password straight from the get-go, like unpack it and do that straight away. He said also make sure like the password is unique so it's not something you use for like Gmail and Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And also something I don't think about but I'm pretty like antsy when it comes to phone about that. And I would actually advise you to do this even if it is like apps on the phone in the app store or um, software updates. It is to pay attention to any updates because those updates exist because the company fucked something up. And even if it is those apps, they're going to be like, oh yeah, we improved on glitches, performance updates, all of that. And what that means 
is a lot of times that they have improved on any issues surrounding security and people breaching your information. So if you do have a sex toy, and if it is monitored through the app, make sure that app is updated regularly. And finally, we come to the last big story of the day. And this one happened during Scorpio season. Well, actually, the trade fair called Venus Berlin happens usually between like 21st and 24th of October. It's kind of like most probably always in the Scorpio season. I think this year it was on like the 17th of October or something like that. But usually it is like, you know, the, the pervy season, which just makes me so happy. So, the Venus if you didn't know, is an international erotic trade fair which offers erotic secrets of an extra class each year in Berlin on the fairgrounds of the Radio Tower. Did I read that? Yes, it's the most iconic paragraph ever. So you have a business arena, and business means that there are no shows, no loud music, but they're just products displayed. So that's why it's called business. It's just all business and then party in the back. Then you have the trade arena. Here is where people kind of display their products. They present them. Also, different stars are live and they are chatting with the visitors, giving autographs and just chatting about different sex toys and maybe giving recommendations as well. And then the third is the show arena. And it's all about the erotic shows. From different striptease to erotic performances, everything is offered at a high level and they believe that anybody visiting Venus Berlin will be able to find something for themselves. Some tickets are actually affordable, but obviously, if you want the backstage access, if you want the private show, you need to cash out around £1,000. If you want just to, you know, go into that trade area or just, like, check the sex toys, that's around 40 quid. So, meh. It just depends what your heart desires on that particular day. So what happened at Venus Berlin during Scorpio season? Stop fucking with Scorpios, for fuck's sake. We are not mentally stable for this. <laughs> so remember the trade area. Well, staff members from one of the exhibitors, Fun Toys London, were packing up their stand at the end of the fair, and then they noticed, okay, so what happened here? Like, we had a few more boxes and they just seemed to have disappeared. And they noticed because they realized that boxes with the title orgasm delivery were the ones that were gone and they were a particular range of sex toys. Orgasm delivery. If I had a service, that would be a compulsory. Like DPT drivers, they would have to announce what they deliver. Like, hey, orgasm delivery for Maya Stepanovich. You know how they shame you in McDonald's? Like if you don't answer to like the number call. If you don't answer to that number call, they're like 99. No, no answer. Two Big Macs, two large fries, two milkshakes. You're like, fuck's sake, man. Why do you have to shame me? Yes, I do everything in twos. It's better. It makes me feel <laughs> special and bigger. So these staff members, of course, have to alert Fun Toys representatives first. And they said, we arrived to load these products into trucks. And we saw around $60,000 or £45,000 worth of sex toys have been stolen. There are again pictures of this online. And it's just kind of like different brochures, bags, different boxes, just like testers, tester products that are just on the floor. Like it's kind of like a sad vision considering that there was... 60,000 worth of more products to be there. But then, because this 
story does not stop there. They call the police, of course, to report this. And as they go to greet the police, some more bags just disappear. They were away for five minutes to greet the police at the entrance and another four boxes got stolen. This made it the largest recorded heist of sex toys in history. So the police and fun toys took to social media. They turned to Facebook with this post. Since the thieves will likely try to resell the products on the black market, Fun Toys London is encouraging customers to inform them if they're offered any Fun Toys products from an unauthorized seller. While I'm sure you're already familiar, the list of Fun Toys approved sellers can be found here. And then there's the list of the resellers. So you're like, okay, cool. This is like a lengthy post. Somebody's going to come through with some leads. Because if you're anything like me, your first thought is... How are these people not getting caught? Like, you have probably hundreds or thousands of sex toys that now your goal should be to sell. So, like, are you not posting them in bulk? Are you not posting them on, like, eBay or Amazon or something? But you're probably not. If you're thinking about it, this sounds more and more like organized crime. This sounds more and more like people who know what they're doing and then they will know where to advertise it as well. They will most probably go towards black market rather than just advertising it on the most used websites in the country. That is yet again in this story where the trail went cold until one possible sighting in August 2018. In August 2018, the airport staffers, using the X-ray scan at Berlin's Schoenfeld Airport, called the police and had to shut down the whole Terminal D because of suspicious content in someone's luggage. They even went to Facebook. There is a Bundespolizei post on Twitter that another airport, Brandenburg, retweeted because they suspected what if this is a targeted attack. They're attacking airports and they're just planting bombs that aren't discovered until they reach the X-ray scan. The bomb squad was called and an announcement went out over the loudspeaker saying, Can the gentleman with the multiple unknown objects in his luggage please step forward and explain them? CNN reported that the member of the public was shy and reluctant, calling the items technical stuff, which is the most German thing I have ever heard to describe a motherfucking sex toy. And that, ladies and gents, was the last time a sex toy potentially stolen from the fair showed up on the radar. That's that for the events from 2017. But now, if you remember, those two heists have never been solved. There was never a resolution. And what happens if certain particular crimes go unsolved? It inspires other people because they're like, well, then they will never catch me either. So this time, in 2019, it inspired a couple of Brits. Oh yeah, <laughs> we bring it home. we bring it right to the UK. In November 2019, at some point between 1am and 6.30am, the trailer was broken into and one million worth of sex toys were stolen. You see how they're amping it up? They were like, okay, you know that Berlin one? Yeah, that was the biggest one. No, we can go bigger. If you know where to aim for, and apparently Northamptonshire was the place to be, and if you know what time, and apparently between 1 and 6 a.m. was the correct time, and they stole all these motherfucking sex toys. Instead of people, us included, taking these crimes seriously, 
There were some banging memes that were created online, of course originating on Twitter like every other good meme out there. The lorry should have carried extra protection, one person pointed out. At least the police won't need to take their own handcuffs, another person said. Should help plug a gap in the black market, another person offered their opinion. Witnesses were allowed to call the police on 101 or to call Crime Stoppers. And Northamptonshire police published this Facebook post, and then people, of course, were just joking in the comments. There's like around 8k comments and around 4k shares. And then instead of the police commenting that people should stop taking a piss, they said, as always, your comments don't disappoint. I'm like, why are you encouraging this? You are the police. Just pretend somebody is taking this seriously. Just for a second. You're thinking, please. So my take on all of this is, do we want the crime solved when a crime is also heavily memeable? And yet again, you and I might be thinking, well, why are they not looking at someone advertising sex toys in bulk? And that's where the thinking about motives in these cases is crucial. Because we are not talking about ordinary criminals here. We are talking about more specialist ones, those who, for example, target museums, country houses, trailers or warehouses where sex toys are stored. And they will be very specific and steal only what they know they can quickly turn into untraceable cash. These criminals usually come with street smarts and one of their skills should be the ability to recognize the opportunity when it presents itself, possibly from a source of inside information that we might not be familiar with because they might not even be aware that they have said something to somebody who potentially ended up stealing the goods. If you remember the month we had here on the BAM network of art heists, police suspected original works by Rembrandt were in house of mafia bosses but could not prove it. Here, the police just isn't honed into the world of sex toys heists because it's niche enough which allows it to be exploited. When it comes to hackers and the cases we spoke about today, whether it is for control or disruption, whether the motivation behind it is good or malicious, the security vulnerabilities were exposed. If a month of consensual homicides and the two sex toys heists we spoke about today taught us anything, it is that the law is not ready for the sexual assault switching to the internet. But now, entertain me for just a second for us to combine the two worlds we spoke about today. Imagine the world of organized crime involving sex toys sold on the black market, all of them with the potential of being hacked by their sellers we would have the biggest issue of sexual assault that we would not be able to tackle. This episode was made to highlight an issue of us being 10 steps ahead with technology and years or decades behind with legislations around it. If 2017 showed us anything within the sex toys world, it is that we are still playing catch-up and the bad guys are still winning. Keep making the world a better place, one motive at a time. And I will see you guys on Friday.